The Curve with Michelle Martin and Bernard Lim replay from Money FM 89.3. It is time to ask Dr. Vincent. Our phone lines are open. This is a live show. You can text us with your questions or if you'd like to jump in on the conversation, then call me at 669-11893 and put your question to Dr. Vince. He's a scientist from the University of Newcastle and the entrepreneur behind the world first for an antioxidant, Renovar Show. With Chinese New Year on the horizon, we ask, can you possibly prepare to feast without regret? Dr. Vincent, Here's a question that's come by. Could this work, Dr. Vince, if two to three days before the feasting, I drop my carbs and fats and bump up my cardio to five to ten minutes a session? Will that, Dr. Vince, help us all prepare to feast without regret? First of all, happy hum day, everyone. (laughs) Happy hum day. It's halfway there to the weekend, so make sure that you pick up your game and remain uh, motivated to Saturday. Sounds good, sounds good. And the answer to that question is yes, you can actually do that because just like everybody in life, you can actually budget your calorie as well as your exercise routine because when you prepare for the upcoming festive season, what you are doing is that you are training your body by limiting the calorie intake, especially sugar and simple carbohydrate because those two items, sugar and simple carbohydrate, or the high GI food, actually increase your blood sugar level. And biologically, when our blood sugar level is being raised, it means that our insulin response is being triggered, and our body will store whatever that is excessive or whatever that we don't need in the form of fat. And that's the reason why when you go on ketogenic diet, for example, or you limit your carbohydrate intake, it can help for you to lose weight. So in relation to preparing to a festive season, it is actually quite a good thing to discipline yourself a week prior to the big days because what it does, it makes sure that your body has a good metabolic rate. And secondly, it makes sure that your body is in a fasting period. It doesn't mean that you have to fast or it doesn't mean that you have to starve yourself. You're just preparing yourself for the upcoming surge in terms of blood sugar level. Love that. So we can budget our calories ahead of Chinese New Year. All we have to do is start one week in advance. And Dr. Vin says we don't have to fast. We just have to cut back on our sugar and our carbs. That is correct. Uh, And it is such a timely thing to talk about festivity because you might not know this. However, the rate of people dying of heart attack is actually higher during the holiday season. So in the Western world, it means that uh, the New Year as well as Christmas season. And although there is no statistic on the Eastern culture, meaning Singapore, Indonesia, Chinese, in relation to Chinese or Lunar New Year's, mm. I'd be inclined to believe that it probably is the same because people tend to forget about their health and their diet during the festivity. It means that you're eating food with higher fat content, with higher sugar content, and don't forget alcohol. People tend to over drink during festivity because what is better way to drink rather than eat, drinking and eating with 
people and with good company. Right, right. Do you have any tips on what we can do on the day of the feasting, Dr. Vince? Here's a question. Can I start with some cardio after a fast, get in a healthy first meal of the day, and then enjoy the food, the rest of the feasting? I would would actually advise against that because when you start your day with cardio on the day of the feast mm-hmm. or for Chinese New Year it means that the New Year's Eve yep. what, for psychologically it's not very good for us because we think that by walking 15 to 20 minutes it means that we have license to eat everything <laughs> and that is just wrong so psycho- biologically it, it may work if you can limit your calorie intake mm-hmm. however i would i would advise against it because psychologically it makes us believe that we have burned this calorie and we deserve to overeat so just take it easy always always start with something that is rich in protein because our brain works better when our gut signal it by eating protein so don't start with potatoes or rice or noodle because it takes the signal longer to tell our brain that we are full. And the biggest mistake that people make is that after you eat your first plate, without drinking water, without waiting, you straight away go for the second plate. My advice is rather than going 10 minutes or 15 minutes with cardio at the beginning of the day, Mm -hmm. what you should do is take a break, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, drink a glass of water, chat with your family, catch up with them, tell them how you're doing for the entire year because if people, if a lot of people out there is like me, I don't get to see my extended family all the time and make sure that as much as the festivity is about food, it is also about getting together with people that you love, catching up with them, asking how they are and tell them about yourself. So take that 10, 15 minutes break between plates because that is exactly the amount of time that your body needs to signal the brain that you are actually full. Fantastic. He's Dr. Vincent Chandrawinata. We can put maybe one of your questions on. So 6691-1893 if you have a question for him about preparing to feast during Chinese New Year without regret. Okay, so speaking of budgeting, uh, you know, sort of budgeting your calories before a big feast, I I have a feeling you're going to think this is a bad idea, but many people do this meal skipping. So when it comes to fasting, why is it that fasting until the moment when you're going to feast is a bad idea? Is it? It is but when you talk about, again about psychology, because when you are fasting or you are basically starving yourself, it is, first of all, I have to preload it with saying that it is very different when you're doing intermittent fasting, because when you're doing intermittent fasting, you're basically disciplining yourself into eating at a certain hours. Right. But if you're just doing a crash diet or a starvation period just before the, past, just before the festivity right. or big meal, what happens is that your body is not ready to receive all of this surge in blood sugar level. So first of all, you're going to spike your blood sugar level as well as your insulin response. Mm-hmm. And second of all, you tend to eat things that are rich in carbs first because naturally your brain will lead you to eat those stuff because the first thing that your brain is thinking is that, wow, the body is very low in sugar. Mm. So 
it it makes you become less wise in terms of eating your food choices. And also, don't forget, during festivity, 65% of the calorie intake actually comes from either alcohol or sugary drinks. And that can be really bad because a glass of Coke is probably equivalent to nine teaspoons of sugar. And that is basically a bowl of rice. So without you realizing it, if you reach for that Coke or Sprite or Fanta, you straight away double up your sugar intake and that can be really bad for your insulin and that can be really bad the day after the festivity. Dr. Vince, should we think of the day after the feast as the day of the biggest workout of the week? Many people do this, right? They've eaten a lot, they're feeling regretful and they're going to hit the gym and really push themselves the day after the feasting. Is this a bad idea? It is. And I think even you know that and I think people who listen uh, at home or while driving, they know that's a bad idea. Yet we still do that. And I do that too. And the first thing that we have to make sure that all of us understand, earlier this year, I had an interview with the New York Times Lifestyle Lifestyle Magazine, and amongst all of the other things that I said, the thing that struck the court the most with with the journalists was that I said that diet is basically our relationship with food. And if your relationship is destructive or restricting, it is not a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. So I think... If we have a good relationship with our food, mm-hmm. the next day we don't actually feel bad and we don't have to at the gym. Because what happens when you really go hard at the gym the day after the big feast? Mm-hmm. You will feel sick and then your body will ache and then you will think, oh, okay, that's it. I'm not doing gym for another 11 months <laughs> until the next Chinese New Year that's comes. That's true. So good things come in small doses when it comes for activity for exercising as well as portioning your diet. Because when you do something extreme, the first reaction of your body is to reject it because it's, it, it's not used to it. So rather than doing that, mm-hmm. take a walk, 15 minutes walk after every meal, you'd be amazed and surprised the, the positive effect that it will have in terms of your uh, weight loss, in terms of your shape, in terms of your energy. And it does help the body to digest the food. So make sure that you, you, you stand up, you walk the room, you, 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 you're be, being a little bit active. I'm not asking you to run after a meal, okay. but be a little bit active rather than lounging in the, on the couch and not do anything and fall asleep until the next day. I love these tips. I feel better about the meeting the year of the pig already. Dr. Vincent Chandrawinata there. Moving on to our next topic. Imagine fried rice, chicken rice or bread rolls that you can enjoy with no guilt if you are diabetic because if it's your favorite food, this time around your fried rice or chicken rice or bread rolls is made with a proprietary fiber that reduces their place on the glycemic index. So low GI foods we hear all the time are said to be key in the war against diabetes. And here in Singapore, two days ago, a food tech lab focusing on creating low GI food staples like rice and bread was launched. The aim of the lab started by Alchemy Food Tech is to incorporate new ingredient blends developed from natural plant fibers and extracts into our everyday food.
foods. The lab aims to create this tasteless powder ingredient that can be added to grains of rice and bread, even noodles, to help lower the GI without changing the taste and texture of these everyday foods of ours. Dr. Vince, what are high GI foods again? And remind us why they're so harmful to health, even to people beyond diabetics. So, first of all, glycemic index, or GI, is a way to classify foods and drinks according to how quickly they raise the blood sugar level, so the glucose level in the blood. So the highest the GI score, or the highest the GI value, it means that it, the quicker it raises the blood sugar level. And this can be dangerous because when you raise the blood sugar too quickly, our body insulin response, which is the hormone that basically make sure that the sugar gets absorbed in the body, cannot keep up with it. And if this happens all the time, it is the cause. It is the main cause of diabetes type 2. So the reason why this is a really good idea to make sure that you know the GI index of every single food is because you can make smarter choice. Mm. Gone are the days where we look for low-fat diet or non-fat food because don't get fooled by the term non-fat or low-fat because if you actually look at the nutritional panel, guess what? The sugar index or the GI index might be higher and this could pose more harm than, than, than just the fat content. So the idea of having an additive or a, a, a food supplement that can lower the GI index could be a good idea because not only it, it basically portion out the sugar that goes into the bloodstream, mm-hmm. it also helps with the fullness feeling. So when you, when, when you supplement your, your diet with high-fiber food or high-fiber powder, it may lead your brain to think that you are already full without the calorie-dense intake. So you can reduce the calorie by increasing the volume. What do you think about low GI alternatives uh, to white rice? You know, white rice often been demonized, but it's such a favorite for those of us who grew up in Asia. Um, what do you, and are there low GI alternatives to white rice that are out there? I hear you there, Michelle, because I mean, like, if I have to eat rice, I have to make sure that it's white rice. Right. Or if I have to eat bread, I have to make sure that it's white bread. Although, as a nutritionist, I should know that whole meal or black or brown rice should be healthier. So uh, although the, the food supplement to reduce the glycemic index is good, but we don't actually have to resort to food supplement, we can make smarter, wiser choice. So for example, if you don't like the texture of brown rice, you can substitute brown rice with just 50% of brown rice and 50% of white rice. Mm-hmm. It does help to reduce the glycemic index. Secondly, when it comes to bread, if you have to eat the white bread, because a lot of people in Asia, especially the Asian bread, is a little bit different to what, uh, what bread is perceived in the Western country, just make sure that you have a good portion control. So, for example, if you eat your bread with peanut butter, it, it should be fine to have it with white bread. However, if you eat your bread with jam, which is also high in sugar, maybe you, you would want to swap it with either wholemeal or multivarian bread. So it is about choices. And I don't believe that you should demonize or exclude 
white rice completely. Mm. However, whenever possible, either limit the portion or swap it out whenever you can. So if you don't like brown rice entirely, 50% brown rice, 50% white rice, that's a compromise. Because at the end of the day, you would have to be happy. You have to be happy with what you eat because otherwise it becomes overbearing it becomes a chore and if you don't enjoy your food you might be the skinniest person in the world but it doesn't mean anything if you're not healthy mentally and happy thank you for these wonderful food tips helping us get ready for chinese new year and also helping us think about alternatives low gi alternatives for everyday foods the wonderful dr vincent chandrawinata the man behind the revolutionary antioxidant supplements renovasho to listen to more great interviews download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the sbh radio app available on google play or the app store